We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. Uh, let me just start off by saying, Nanana Boo Boo, I told you so. What, the Notre Dame thing? Is that what you're referencing? I mean, how many times does my Rudy Poo, 6'3", 280 pounds of lean steel sex appeal, having ass, have to come You gave come yourself an inch in height? You just randomly gave yourself an inch in height Actually, there? I got, measured, I got measured yesterday at the doctor, believe you're it or not. You're 6'3"? Can we get yes. a can we get a confirmed measurement from a? I was actually scout? six two and seven eight, and I'm rounding up because my math teacher oh. told me I could. Okay, then I'm six foot. Then if we're allowed to go by that logic, damn, you're that I'm, short. I'm five eleven and and like you know what they say about guys like that are under six, six foot, man. What? What is that? They don't have they don't have great takes on college football. Anyway. Oh, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we oh. might get to that. Is Notre Dame is insisting on. Uh, the ACC getting Stanford and Cal. We may talk about that at the end. Uh, Joe, something that we've been I've really been looking forward to, we're going to make our college football playoff predictions here tonight. We're not going to give four. We're going to give six. So maybe some honorable mentions, but I do think that there's two teams yep. in here, at least for me, that I think could, could get in here. I do have one conference getting two teams in. Um Okay, that makes wait, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I can guess which. Okay, well, I'll let you, you I'll let you I'll let you guess uh later in the show. Okay, okay. after after the break. And then Joe, I told you this about a month ago, and I'm gonna double back down on it here today. I'm glad that Texas Tech is one of, if not the last uh show or shows where we do these deep dives before the season starts. Um, because I am extremely bullish on Texas Tech. Joe, they got seniors everywhere, dude. They got five, six-year dudes everywhere. I love their coaching staff. I love their offense. I love what they do defensively. I like how they run to the ball. They're not better than you athletically, but my God, do they play with heart. I like Texas Tech. Joe, I'm going to say this right now. If there's another team in college, if there's a team in college football mm -hmm. that could pull a TCU from last year, Texas Tech. Raiders. I don't disagree with that. I don't hate that because they're really well coached. I think Coach McGuire and the rest of that coaching staff is very underrated. I've already spoken very highly of their offensive coordinator who came from Western Kentucky and previously Houston Baptist, I think, before that. Yep. The guy is a, an offensive guru. He is a mastermind. And you know what TCU had last year? An offensive guru mastermind that got plucked to go to a bigger program. I, it's possible. It's possible. I'm iffy. I'm being very conservative on them. I don't want to. I don't want to get on the 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 Texas school hype train like I did last year and then fall flat on my face at the end of the season. So I'm being very conservative with my outlook on them and my record prediction. But I do see a lot of those things that you're talking about. There's one guy on that roster that I don't think has gotten enough recognition that could have have a, a massive massive season that I'm going to bring up later on in the show. I think I might agree with you on that. But, Joe, here's the biggest thing. You know that I am a, a big proponent of this and always have been, and analytics mm. not only back me up but confirm my belief system on this. Yeah, They had nine, 19 of their 22 starters. 19 are seniors. And some of them are fifth-year seniors, six-year seniors, COVID seniors in that. So yeah. – 
I am in love with with uh, Coach McGuire, like you said. I'm not a massive fan of that three three five defense, but TCU also ran it uh, last year. So very we'll, common we'll, in the Big Twelve. It's very in, for some it's reason. So it's dumb, but it works. It's one of those things in college football where you, like, you look at it. National title running the three three five. I'll wait. Well, well, but that's my point. Is that it's it's really simple. It confuses offenses enough for average teams to use it successfully. But to your point, it's never gonna. You're never gonna win a national championship with that defense. You're just never going to. No, you got to get you got to get one of those safeties out of the out of the box, man. Yep. You can't have that yep. small of a dude inside the box. And we have just come to realize that in teams that run that type of offense. So our defense, excuse me. So we got a big show in store for you today. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited to start off with our college playoff uh, picks here tonight. I, I, I'm pretty sure, Joe, that we're that neither one of us are going to pull a Desmond Howard. Like, I, I'm pretty confident oh, God, no. that we're going to be pretty chalky in in our picks so I, i'm looking i don't know yours you don't know mine so this is gonna be a pretty mine are, mine are pretty conservative i have one that's a little that might upset you but i i agree with that i don't think either of us are crazy enough to what is this the dan patrick show we're getting everybody to throw in there uh yeah hide and wait baby it's a good bit i do like tom's his playoff predictions he goes georgia that team up north what he means, Michigan. Yes. You know, Ohio yes. State does not say, uh, or Ohio State fans do not say Michigan. They say TTUN. LSU, Bama, Clemson. I think that that's somewhat pretty accurate. Colin uh, says LSU, Ohio State, USC, UCF. He's trolling. Dude. Wow. Wow. Uh, Travis says Georgia, Penn State. I like that number two. I like that number two. Ohio State at three. You hate Ohio State. And he says number four will be Florida State. So if you got your predictions on who you think is going to make the playoff, fire mm -hmm. them inside the chat, and we'll bring them, uh, bring all of those up here tonight. All right, Joe, you ready to get rolling? We got a big Let's show. Do it. All right. Let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Wherever you want to place your bets, guys, you got Heisman odds, you got national championship winners. You think somebody's going to make the playoff? You can go to BetOnline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Use that promo code BELIEVE at checkout. If you're joining us on Facebook, hit that like and share. Share to all those Facebook groups, all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and notification bell. If you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo, welcome aboard with us. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. Big show in store. Don't go anywhere. We're back next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag betonline.ag we're back 
And I'm here with Did Joe Texas Disney. make yours? Did Texas make your, your... <laughs> no, no, they did not. And look, you know, a big battle between them and LSU tomorrow for Colin Simmons. Kane Durham's also going to commit, so we'll uh, we'll see how all that goes. Uh, but no, they did not. So, Joe, we're going to make our college football playoff predictions. And, and look, I do think, and I've said this re- religiously on this show, I do think Texas has a lot of good talent. Like, I, I'm not... I don't think that I've come out here and said they don't have talent. I have been pretty consistent with that they have talent. Joe, the first time that their coach would win 10 games would be this year, and you're wanting me to believe that he can lead his team to a playoff. If any other coach in the country would have that, why don't I just say the Washington Huskies are going to make it? Why don't I just say that Oregon State's going to make it? Why don't I say Mike Norvell at Florida State's going to make it? Why do I have to go to Texas? You know what's even more crazier, Joe? Why don't I say Texas A&M? Like, if we're good... That is that is pretty crazy. Texas Joe, A&M. on a blue-chip ratio, on a blue-chip ratio, sure. they sure. are almost identical, and one of those coaches has multiple seasons of 10 wins and has a national title. My well, only One's point, got an easier schedule. One of them's got an easier schedule than the other did one. Did you see them debating me today? Did you see these Texas well, fans? Well, I, tra- I, tra- I chimed in, too. I was like, what the – what is – Now to you see that- what I'm talking about. Joe, they ha- – I, I forget – I don't even know how you say Kyle's last name, and he's a really good follow. If you hadn't, just go follow him. He's a, he trolls, uh-huh. but he's a good troll. And there was like what SEC fans think that their schedule looks like versus what it actually looks like, and he posts Georgia's. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's relative to Georgia because it's Georgia. But, Joe, like, for example, in a month, they have Missouri, I think Arkansas, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Mm. Texas does not have a month tougher than that. They don't. You're playing Kansas, Baylor, Wyoming, and, like, TCU. TCU might be the best of all of them. So shut your pie hole, Irene. You know, like, come on. All right. We're not oh, here. Wait, I want to make a quick, quick, quick observation. Okay. I think we need to get you a new sweeper sound when we come out of the break because we ever, I swear, once a week, we inadvertently just bring up Texas because of that sound. I think we, I think so we need to get the you most a new annoying sound. fan base in the country. Right. No, I know, but like, we, it plays, and then one of us makes a comment, and then we start talking about them. We're giving them too much. We give them way too much attention, way more than they deserve. I'm gonna you're make probably, you one. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you a fun one. All right, you're probably right. All right, <laughs> I'll kick it over to you. Who are your six, or who are your top four teams? Who are the four teams that get in the playoff, and maybe two that you have in an honorable mention role, and why? Okay, so my top four in this order. And I'm not doing it as an honorable mention. This is my f- my first two out. Like we get on that that final right. graphic right. Uh, at the end of the season. My top four are as follows: Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. I'm going to assume that they win the uh, the Big Ten. There, putting ATU them in number in. two. Yep. Number three, Florida State. I'm already going to get crap for that in the chat because somebody pointed out the that not being a good pick, but. Number three would be Florida State for me. I think that they win the ACC and they beat Clemson twice. And then number four, the one that I know that you're going to hate, I think that a one-loss Pac-12 champion Washington team is the fourth team. And I think that the the Pac-12 is good enough that there will be enough resume-building wins for whoever wins it to be that fourth team. 
My last two out, Blake, the last two that don't make it for me, LSU, because I think that they might suffer a loss to Florida State earlier on in the season, if that is their one loss, and then a two-loss LSU team. For whatever reason, there is a bias against any two-loss team that might just barely hold them out. Not saying that they're not good enough to make it. I think that they just barely miss that cut if they lose the SEC championship game. And then number six for me is USC. Very similar vein there to what I talked about with um, with LSU, that they go to the Pac-12 championship game with one loss, they lose the game, and then they have two losses, and they're just barely not good enough to make it in. Who is your third team again? Florida State, correct? Florida State. I think Florida State runs the table and that they, they win the ACC championship. Okay, who do you have playing in the national title? Who do you think would make it? Uh, my ma- national title from there was uh, Georgia versus Florida State. And who do you think wins the natty? Georgia. I, 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 I thought it over. I tried to cut it as many different ways as I could. But look, we, we've seen teams like this reload. We've never seen a three-peat like this before. We've never seen that happen before. But we've seen teams like this reload and go on to win another championship or <laughs> another championship game. And I think that they're going to do it. They don't have many roster holes. It pains hey, me to say it for how they treated me, those fans, but – I, I mean, you did, go you did go after their quarterback. In yeah, fairness, the timing you can't, go after, you can't go after their quarterback and, and think that you're not going to get repercussions. Well, you started it. Uh, that has never been recognized. But besides the point, those are my those are my six. How did I start it? I was defending them. They were like, it was so crazy because they were like, this guy, Blake, is so smart. <laughs> I'm like... Well, because I think yeah. you brought up the question. You brought up the question on the show, and then that's that's where the quote came from. Well, you know what's so crazy is I was on the way to a wedding. I was driving with my wife and uh, my two kids, and my cousin Evan was getting married. Me, we, I was in the wedding. And you, I don't look at my phone. My, I, I don't want, look at my phone when I drive, much less... Mm. I don't like looking at my phone when my, the kids are in the car. And I oh, pull up in this. there, and dude, I have like at least eighty-seven text messages, and, yeah. and I thought it was just like guys sending text messages, like for the group text and a wedding. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was like you and every all of my friends saying Blake Joe's getting absolutely killed on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like what's well, the, going on here? Not to drag this out before you get to your picks. The funniest thing about all that is our then social um, head of social at the time that believe um, Jared had said like, "Oh, I pulled a clip. You know, I pulled a clip from the show. I thought it's oh, a great yeah. clip." <laughs> and I didn't think anything of it. And then I just start like getting notification, notification, notification. Did not end well. But uh, your six though, uh, before we we go back and forth, or do you want to unload on mine? Um, we can do that after I pick mine. We'll 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 break okay. it in because I don't think we're that far off. Uh, my number one is Georgia. I think they're the most shoe-in team. I don't think that they win the national title, though. I don't I just you know, when when you've had over 150 years worth of college football and nobody's done it other than once, it's like winning the Heisman, right? Like nobody's mm-hmm. other won it twice in back-to-back years more other than one time. But I do think that you're right. I do think that they have reloaded in a way that, Joe, I just don't know who beats them. The only team that I could think that may be able to slow them down to some extent and or either keep up with them would be Tennessee that they play in the regular season. But I do have Georgia in there. Uh, Michigan, 
at number four. So that would be the matchup that they would have. I think Michigan loses, okay, a game. And I do think that they play Ohio State in back-to-back weeks. I Because, you know, like, aren't they – they're done with the – oh, no, that would be next year. See, that's I, I had that same confusion. I, I think that it's next year. Okay. Well, regardless, unless somebody in the Wisconsin, chat wants to unless somebody in the chat can provide yeah, us some. Context. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't I, they're just gonna lose a game in there that they're not supposed to. I don't think that they go okay. undefeated again. Okay. But I do think that they're good enough. You you've challenged me on this show to finally make a Big Ten pick. And I did go with Michigan because they just returned so much. And I just don't know what Ohio State has a quarterback. But the interesting thing, I'm starting to come around on Ohio State a little bit. Can I tell you why? Really? Yeah, because I, I saw something that was really interesting. Did you know, even if you go back to the days of Ryan Day all the way back at Boston College, majority of the time he only has one-year quarterbacks and historically, every year that he's had, like he's had a new quarterback, they have just gone nuts. Joe, do you know that average the average quarterback passing yards, touchdowns, and interception? This is just a ratio on, on comparison that Ryan Day has had in his career: thirty five hundred yards, forty touchdowns, and five interceptions on quarterbacks that have played in college football under Ryan Day. So. He has a track record of really producing quarterbacks at a high level, and I think it helps him taking that step back of play calling where, hey, man, I can now really be with the quarterbacks. I am starting to come around on Ohio State a little bit. I'm going to be labeled a homer in this is five, but I have LSU. I do think that either obviously LSU or Georgia is going to win, is going to lose that national or that SEC championship game. But I do okay. think it doesn't matter. I think it's the Alabama thing of old when in 2021. I think both of those teams do get in. I think that we have a rematch on our hands, though. I do think that people keep telling me I'm so nuts on putting Florida State in there, but I have two and three being LSU and Florida State, and that we have a rematch. I'm with you. One of my my, my next teams on the outside is USC. That's um, five for you. Yeah, that's number five. USC is a team, Joe, I know what they're going to do offensively, right? Like, I know what they're going to be offensively. I don't have to guess. Like, what do you want me to break down on them offensively, Joe? What what, do you, what is something so profound that anybody right. in college football is going to say about a Lincoln-Riley-led offense that's so profound that we don't know about, Okay. Joe, I don't think that they have enough defensively. I do. I've told you this. I think the Pac-12 has the best quarterback play in college football. And I do see that there could be a team that and teams that cannibalize themselves because, you're, Joe, you have potentially six quarterbacks in the Pac-12 right now that are going to get drafted. Think about that. Yeah, There could yeah. be a seventh or eighth with DJ Ugalale and Ward at Washington State. Like, they could have eight quarterbacks that potentially could work their way on to being on the NFL team this time next year, and you want me to sit here and say, oh, they're not going to cannibalize themselves. That is something that I just – I don't think USC 
has enough yet. I think that they got to okay. get better defensively and fire uh, Alex Grant. I'm going to continue to mention this team, Penn State. Number six. Number six. Okay. I like your your top six. I want to talk about USC really quickly because you, you just mentioned them. My main thing for me why I think that they're just out, and there's a lot of people that – and a lot of USC fans, and, and I'm removing the bias of you know be, me being a dickhead right now and being like, you know, screw USC, which is usually the approach that I have. Removing the bias, I'm looking at this team critically. Yes, they have talented football players on this defense. Yes, the talent has improved since last year on the defensive side of the football. There are plenty of teams in the country, though, that have talented defenses. Talented defenses fall short when they're poorly coached. I would rather have an average, slightly above average, talented defense than an elite defense one with a really good coach compared to a bad coach. Alex Grinch is not just an average coach. He has been a terrible, terrible defensive play caller, and I absolutely do not trust him to prepare his team against important matchups. And you know what? And you said this with the quarterback play in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 got better this year. As crazy as that, after everything, oh, I'm going to make die off of the, one of its most competitive. No, are they years. not this? They could be the second best conference. From from top to bottom, this is so nuts because the Pac-12 is unraveling, okay? I know. It's unraveling, but I think what you're about to say, they could be, top to bottom, the second-best conference in the country that nobody's talking about, man. Yeah. My whole point is that a lot of these teams last year that were very competitive, Washington, Utah, Oregon, they didn't lose that much. What is going to be asked of Pac-12 defenses in 2023 is going to be so much higher than it was last year. I don't think enough people are understanding that. There's just this assumption that Caleb Williams gets them there. A quarterback doesn't win you a national championship if your defense is getting blown out and beaten up in big games. I'm sure that they're going to have some nice games against like Stanford and, and you know the crap teams on their schedule in the Pac-12 when they play Arizona or Colorado I don't even know if they play those teams off the top of my head. But when they have to play Oregon, they have to play Washington, they have to play in the Pac-12 championship game, they will fall short. I'm calling that now. The only thing, okay, that I'm going to push back on yours. Okay. You're going to have to justify to me, if you say that about USC, why you don't say that about Washington. Because, because Joe, okay. I love you to death, and I yep. know we joke around on this show a lot. Yes, they don't have the bodies defensively that they just don't. So when Chris Peterson led him there, okay, you remember they had uh, Vita, wasn't it Vita Vea on the defensive line? Like they were uh, Buda Baker. Okay, was in the secondary. They had dudes. They do Jake Browning. Remember the the ghost of Jake Browning was running around out there. Mm. They do not have those type of dudes defensively. And if there's one thing, Joe, one thing that we know, exclude TCU for a minute. The teams that we see consistently that make the college football playoff and potentially get in there and try to win it, they just have outright dudes defensively. And I don't I. 
yeah, do they have some defensive talent at Washington? I can't ignore that. But they don't have a Buda Baker. They don't have a Vita Vea. And for me, when you go into a gauntlet, okay, of what is your conference scheduled, regardless of what conference you play in, I just don't see Washington coming out. The only team, and I mean the only team, that can make it out of the Pac-12 is USC, in my opinion. I don't agree with that. I think that you and I see Washington's defense differently. I see a really, really good defensive line that is going to be anchored by two elite pass rushers, one of the best pass rush duos in college football with ZTF and Braylon Trice. Braylon Trice is a wrecking ball, a wrecking ball. He has been one of the most under-talked about players in college football because he's playing all the way out in Washington. Nobody pays attention to anything that far in the, in the Northwest. It, it, they don't get the, the amount of eyeballs, and that's the reason why I think that Washington is going as this under-recognized team. And you know what? The big thing that we talk about a lot on this show is offensive line play. I think that the best teams that finish in the top five, top six at the end of the season are the ones with the best offensive lines. And I look at Washington's offensive line across the board, and I see a really, really good cohesive unit that's bringing back multiple starters, multiple all-conference guys. Troy Fotanu has the potential to be a first-round pick in 2024. Write that name down for any of our listeners that don't know who that is. And I remember agree. back to that name. Look, they, they have important players that aren't recognized, I think, on the national landscape. And – Maybe my perspective is different because I've done like a dorky amount of homework on Washington because I've watched a lot of their players individually. I also think here's the other thing too. What got them there a few years ago was elite offensive production when they had John Ross and I'm blanking on the, the other uh, kids. Pettis. Name, Don, uh, uh, Pettis. Was Dante mm. Pettis? I think it was Dante, not Anthony. Maybe, but they have, with McMillan and with Adunze, just two explosive receivers. Both were 1,000-yard receivers. I, and they got dudes on the outside. Yeah. So I can't, I can't deny what they have on the outside. I, I, can't, I can't deny that. Like I, I, there's, I told you when we did our deep dive on Washington, there's nothing I can come out here and tell you that's offensively that I'm going to disagree. I've told okay. you that religiously. It's – Joe, when K God willing, Kayla Williams gets rolling, okay, and they have to play them, I'm just going to let you know, they don't have people on the outside defensively that's going to slow them down. And by the way, here's another thing that people mm -hmm. are not keeping their eyes on from a USC perspective. Joe, they got two transfer guards that are NFL dudes. Like, dudes. Yes, okay? I don't discourage so that. So they're going to push people around up front in the pack, okay? That's what people don't understand. They're getting better. As much as we may talk crap about USC and Lincoln Riley, they've gotten better. All right, what is one of your rebuttal uh, on my picks, and why are you about to pick LSU? I actually don't hate yours, and I think yours is very, very realistic. But here's my thing. You think, though – and, and, like, this isn't me saying, like, what the hell's wrong with you. I'm just saying that you think basically what you're telling me by putting LSU at number two in that spot is that they go undefeated during the regular season, they then lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then they're in that number two spot. 
I think if they make it, it would be at number four. I think that the, I I don't disagree it with putting them in, and I toyed with the idea of it. It won't be at four because they won't let LSU and Georgia rematch. We've had multiple times of okay. Well, number history. three then. Well, regard well, and that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't matter. Like let me just yeah. preface you on this. It's a good I, point. I'll just put you on. Let you know. Put them wherever you want them. Put them wherever you want them because it doesn't matter to me. If you put them at four, I just don't think LSU and Georgia are going to play each other in a rematch because they've never allowed that to happen. Michigan right. and Ohio State, okay, got in last year. And remember, what was it? Um, TCU lost. You remember we were having this discussion. TCU lost and did not move. Remember, and then Ohio State gets yeah. in because USC loses. And TCU doesn't fall at all. Joe, they're going to do what they want up top. That's why I don't care about the top four. But continue on the LSU thing. Yeah, I, I, again, was very much uh, toying with the possibility that they make mine. And I was actually going to put them in that four spot. And I, I just thought about the politics of all this, that I'm, I'm not totally there to put the stock into LSU to go undefeated in the regular season. I just I don't know if they can get over the top just yet in – Brian Kelly's second season to win the SEC championship game. I think if they're going to make it, they got to win that SEC championship game because, look, as much as you hate it when I say this, Brian Kelly slips up every season in one spot. He's just not a guy that goes undefeated when he's got difficult schedules. He's gone undefeated before, I know, at Notre Dame, but the years that he's had difficult schedules, he has slipped up on either a really unexpected game or a really important game, and that has held them from getting to where they can get to getting over the top with their best teams. I just, I, I, I'm, I need to see him do it, have a full season where there are no hiccups. Because last year, even though last year was amazing, it was a, it was a miraculous season. But the Texas A&M game is exactly what I'm used to with Brian Kelly. And that's why I, I, I'm worried that something that like that might happen that's going to mar their resume, and then the committee is going to be like. Yeah, they have a great uh, uh, resume, but they lost to so and so, and I can't put them in there. That's my only thing, Joe. I'm just going to tell you something that you're not going to want to hear, okay? But I'm out there every day. Okay. Well, I'm out there every day. You better be ready for number five. I mean, for number, oh uh, yeah, for number five offensively for LSU. Jaden is lighting their asses up. I will concede with you on one thing and take my bias out. If LSU does not succeed, it's going to be because of what they have in the back end defensively. Okay. They're not good enough there. And I will concede right now, being out there every day. Look, and I, I told you, what Joe, what did we talk about at, at after SEC media days? I said, Joe, they probably go 10-2 and two at maybe 11-1. and one. I mean, and I can see that. I don't hate that, to be real with you. Mm-hmm. Do I think that Jane Daniels is about to do something that people aren't prepared for after seeing him for five straight days? Yes. Joe, like, he's lighting their asses up. And you know what's interesting? Maybe that second in the hot – like, for example, Joe, he went 97%, okay, the other day in seven on seven. 97%. All right? Good. He's not running. He gets into team drills. He goes 80% with three touchdowns. He's not running yet. And by the way, it has nothing to do with him even running. Joe, the offensive line is dominating five stars across the board. So I look at Brian Kelly and say to myself, okay, so he brought the Notre Dame type of offensive line to LSU. 
-hmm. you're not going to like me saying this, okay, where they had to get better defensively in the secondary, which has been a staple for LSU, they are not. They are not. Or he has, he has not, excuse me, he has not had the weapons at Notre Dame that he has at LSU right now. I promise you. Yeah, I, that's I I'm not I'm I, not gonna I'm not gonna argue that he's never and, had five star receivers front and to back. Joe, he's, never had he's got six of them. I so again, I'm not to we not, not to make this Boutini. an LSU show. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we just spoke I know. nine minutes on Washington. But you're, know. you know, you, I'm just letting you know. know. Okay, we don't have no, to. Make no, 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 no. I was, I was just leading into. I all I was, I wanted to wrap. A, I just wanted to put a point out there, and again, not to like us to spend 20 minutes on this because this might take us down a rabbit hole. Was what I was trying to say. Is that I, I don't. My concerns aren't. It's kind of like with USC, like we're talking about. My concerns aren't on the offensive side of the football. I, I have high expectations for Jane Daniels. I think Jane Daniels can do some really great, fantastic things. In 2023, I think you can do some great stuff. We just got to, we just get a comment from Elks, but um, we'll get to that in a second. But you just mentioned it is that on the back end in their secondary is where the concerns are. They need to go undefeated to get into, into the playoff for me in the regular season. Cause I don't believe that they beat Georgia in the sec championship game and a two loss team in the history of the committee has been unjustifiably unfairly kept out. That's why I put them where they are. Not that I don't think that they're good enough, but because I think that they finished with two losses on the whole entire season after losing the sec championship game. And they're kept out from some stupid politics. Elks 70 says, sends a $5 super chat. Thank you. Elks says it's our first one, by the way. Thank you. Elks. Yeah, this is our first ever Super Chat. How about that? You turn them puppies on, man. We got monetized. How about that? Yeah. Um, UGA, the Ohio State University, Michigan, Penn State, Georgia undefeated, all three Big Ten teams with one loss. All other conferences have two losses, including SEC runner-up. This would be crazy. Here, okay, here's my thing well, with this. First off, there's never been like that, that's not happening. Okay. And then he right. says, okay, well, here's my real one. He says, my real one's Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, and Michigan. That one's more realistic. The first it's one, it's more realistic. It's, it's actually like we said this a while ago. There is a, there's a world where that happens where if all those teams finish with one loss because of the structuring of those divisions you could somehow find a way to make that happen is if there, if there is a, a collapse in the other conferences, but I think his other one's a little bit more realistic The the, the Ohio state aspect of this, by the way, I want to talk about that. Cause I didn't, All I didn't right. even have them in my, in my top six. Well, to I, rudely interrupt you and God bless it. We're running, uh, you know, hopefully we can get to Texas tech, but if we got to stay on this, we'll just push back Texas tech. Cause we got two more, two more weeks, but Here's the thing for me, okay? Here's the thing for me. I gotten let me tell you what happened to me today when I was doing pre pre show uh, prep. I got nervous as shit. You know why? why because not? I didn't put Alabama or Clemson in that some bitch. I didn't have <laughs> Ohio State in that some bitch. And I got to tell you, it did not. I was like, okay, so I'm gonna be wrong here. Where? Like I'm gonna be wrong here and where? Did you feel that? Like I'm like, oh man. You know, I mean, we're talking about Nick Saban. 
And Nick Saban's worst year, Joe, they finished number mm. five last year. You know, like, I mean, what are I, we I didn't think I, I didn't feel that way because that aspect of it, of the helmets not lining up with what we're used to is, does feel odd, but we will, we very rarely get this many new teams in a final playoff. Well, like the we, only we each only have one new team. That's my the point. Only, there's very well, the only new team the that would teams. be there would be Florida State. No, Florida State made the playoff the first time. Oh yeah. Well, no, it wouldn't be anybody new. Right. The only, I'm in. the only. Yeah, I'm no, the only Washington one who had a new in. team. Who? That's what I'm saying. I'm the only one who had a new team. Oh, yeah, we Washington got in. You're right. You're yeah, absolutely Washington. Right. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Washington's been in. Yeah. So we we didn't do anything abnormal. No, it's pretty conservative. We did something. Uh, do we did do something abnormal, keeping Alabama out of there? I just can't back the quarterback situation. I just can't. And I said this on the last show. I can't get behind Joe. They're that saying much. It's, it's like I came out here and they, you know, they raved and about and Saban raved about how they did in day one. You turn right around a week later, they're you know they're talking about having serious <laughs> excuse me issues. So, I don't disagree. It's and I don't it, think Pooh uh, Poo Bear's wrong in the comments. He says no Bama or Clemson two years in a row. And you know what, man? I'm going to tell you. As crazy as this is going to sound, if you put a gun to my head and said, Blake, pick which two, which one of those two teams that you think is going to go in there, it's not Bama. It's Clemson. Yeah. I only think Clemson doesn't make mine, and they're like I would put them at like because seven or eight. Florida State. Well, yeah, I would. I think that they lose to Florida State both times. I don't think they tough. beat them. I don't think. I think this is why I had Florida State at four. Are you ready? Or well, three or four, and why yeah. I think they get there? They're not beating Clemson twice. They ain't beating Clemson twice. It ain't happening, Joe. You know the 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 likelihood of you beating a good team twice. I. It's my like cl biggest cliche that I say on this show. I know. <laughs> I think they I, I think if Florida State mm -hmm. gets in and the reason I put them in now I'd have to have them beating either LSU or Clemson at least you know the, if I think that they're going to lose to Clemson I would have to have them to beat LSU but I when I I was with you on one thing okay. is that the reason I think that they could is because we literally just saw it happen with Utah versus USC right like we've seen yeah. it happen more than we've than we have in in years past, I should say. So, look, I, I man, this is tough. But I, 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 Joe, I don't think I do think if there's a team that could get in there, it's Clemson too. Garrett Riley's a great offensive coordinator, man. Like they're gonna be really and defensively, they weren't bad. But what we typically knock a lot of teams for for not being deserved to be in that like you know that top 7 conversation whatever it is a lot of times it's a lack of weapons on the outside and I, they don't have any weapons they don't they got a hell of a running back and they've got Clemson? a really yeah they got a really exciting young quarterback gonna, I'm going to push back on that I'm going to push back on that because they have three guys that were rated you know coming out of recruiting in the top 100 yeah but it's more of an issue of lack of development. Well, and like, is one year of Garrett Riley fix that lack of development? That's a he did it massive at TCU. If. 
Quinn Johnson was already a, a nationally recognized. Joe, he didn't receiver. catch for the other three thousand yards that they threw. I mean, he That's didn't. True. So, I, true. I, Joe, you came on this show when but the Saints. They don't have that same level of speed, though. They don't. They had a lot of shifty, fast receivers that worked well within this uh, offense. It's like, I don't know if I have those types of guys on this on this Clemson team. That's why I'm not high on that. I like Clemson. I don't like them to make the playoff. Elks brings up a good point. Riley's not even the wide receivers coach. Is it still not the same guy? He's not the wide receivers coach. And I scheme I get him that, open. But he's correct. He's going to scheme them open. And he, he did a masterful job. I said this a lot last year. Hey, Riley know, did a masterful job of getting guys open. He did do a pretty damn good job. So, uh, uh, you know, look, I, I'm just going to be. I, I I don't know. I I I really just like Clemson. If there's going to be another team, you we got about uh we got a little time. Um, I kind of want to stay on this topic, Joe, since we have this this audience in here. You want to stay? You want to stay on this or in, in punt? Yeah, for, for Texas Tech. All yeah, right, let's do Texas Tech on next week. Are we sure about that? I mean, do or the other thing is, do we need more than ten minutes to talk about Texas Tech? I think I need more than ten minutes. That's the problem I have. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, don't you? You know Here's what? Only, he, he, you know okay, what? Let's ahead. do it now and put them in. Because I said earlier, how about this? We can do it maybe just in an abbreviated way. Okay? Okay. So we were just talking about TCU, right? I said and to, to start the show that I think if there's one team that could beat TCU, you know what, Joe? I'm going to use this from a Texas Tech perspective to talk about like outright dark horses that no one's talking about that can make the college football playoff. How about that? All right. All right. They have 19, Texas Tech has 19 of 22 seniors as their starters. 19. Joe, do you know what happens when you start doing things like that and having that many seniors on your team? You start getting the double-digit wins. You start getting the double-digit wins in the Power Five when you have that many seniors. I think that they're really good offensively. I think that they're going to get so much better in the running game. Valdez is back. Brooks is back. I like their little Baylor Cup, the tight end. They went out and got a center from the portal. They got Dillis, uh, Dennis Wilburn and Cole Spencer returning. But Miles Price is a senior that a lot of people have been high on, and along with Jannar Bradley, who's going to be playing in that slot. And, Joe, I, they throw the ball a lot. I think that they can go out there and score. They're going to score. The mm. only question is, what what is Tyler uh, uh, Tyler going to do at quarterback? That that It remains to be seen. But I do like what's going on at Texas Tech under McGuire. And he is a football's coach. Like, he is the, the ultimate football coach you would want to have. If there is a dark horse for me, it's going to be Texas Tech. Yeah, I look love him so much. I think that Texas Tech is a really fun team, and I think that they can do a lot of damage in the Big 12. I don't think that – I'm not going to commit to the to, to the double-digit win thing fully. I'm trying to be conservative on them, but I can see a road and a path for that to happen. You talked about a lot of the players that they have coming back. They only had one guy that went in, into the draft last year, and that was Tyree Wilson, who was a top-10 pick. But they do bring back important guys on their defense, like Malik Dunlap, 
like Jailer Hutchins, who was a preseason all-conference player. And then on top of that, Duran Bradley is a six foot five, 210-pound receiver who's massive. They added in the portal one of the most underrated portal ads, in my opinion, in DeAndre McCray from Austin P. I encourage anybody to go pull up the Austin P Alabama game if they're bored and they want to watch something fun. DeAndre McCray, not in garbage time, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, put up 90 yards of production against quality Alabama starters. Like not going to go up against the backups at the beginning of the game. He put up a lot of big plays. DeAndre McCray and Bradley stepping into this offense, led by a guy that has been quietly one of the best offensive coordinators in college football in Zach Kitley. I think that they could be up to that level of unstoppable offense in the Big 12 that we got with TCU last year. Like I see you like Dre McCray, baby. Just say I, you I, like Dre McCray. But here's the two contingencies. He makes the all name team. I think that's a Dre McCray. That's a great, that is a great name. It sounds two, like two, he should be on the CW playing on All American, Dre McCray. Right. It, it, it sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a side character. Uh, two two things that I think that that could hold them back, though. Okay. One, like defensively, is this team good enough to stand up and stop people? Well, well I, I mean, Joe. At this point last year, did we know what TCU was going to do? Like TCU was fine, and then they we realized that you know they really weren't that good defensively when we saw how things played out. In the here's the thing that I just get, Joe. They have in their front seven. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven. They have seven seniors up there, dude. Yeah, but the seven seniors always mean seven good football players. It doesn't, but here's what it also means. Name a defensive player on TCU in the front seven that got drafted. That's a good point. No, well, if they had a um, blanking on the linebacker's name. That's my point. Lineman. It doesn't matter that you blank. You would blank on him because you do draft coverage. But if you yeah. didn't, if you could not do that, okay, yep. th- then what are we doing here? Teams that have come out of nowhere, which doesn't happen often, all right? Like, remember that year, the first year of the playoff, Mississippi State came out of nowhere and was number one in the country, leading the SEC West. And, I mean, they fell off under Dak Prescott, but everybody's like, oh, well, this team's going to be last in the West again. And then here comes Dak Prescott. Teams just come out of nowhere. Do you know what that Dak Prescott-led team, uh, 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 Mississippi State team had? Like 20 seniors that were starting. Like it was nuts. I mean, when you look when you look at the analytical data of uh-huh. teams that like come out of nowhere, Joe, they're senior led. Like all of them. And you're like, oh shit. You know why Wake Forest? Let me tell you something. You know why Wake Forest? I know that they've had, you know, their good times and their bad times. The years that they've been really good, Joe, they've been senior led. Teams that just come out of nowhere. And a coach that you should know about that has senior-led programs, Notre Dame. It's fair. It's a fair point. I I have to bring this up, too, though. You mentioned Tyler Show. The guy's been the starter for three years, and he has been mediocre all three times that he's been the starter. And they don't have another guy that's going to come up and challenge him. He's already been named the starter. He's already been declared the starter in June. I I pulled it up and checked. Tyler Show is going to start this year. For them they got I, rave reviews out of valdez though and then and then 
I saw a lot of people in Texas Tech talking today. The um, the uh, I mean, not Valdez. That's the um, Morton. What did I? Why did I say Valdez? Uh, but Jake Strong, the freshman. Yeah, I I just don't we'll see the guy has never been a statistically dominant football player. Like he's twelve touchdowns, eight interceptions last year is pretty didn't have a good yeah. year, man. He did not have a good year. He did throw for sixty six percent completion percentage, which is a very good number. But like, but he's in an air raid offense, though. I don't know. I think I is an eight uh, eight nine win team back into the top twenty five. That's my ceiling be. for him. But that that's massive for them. If they it is. I, it games, is. Yo, that's if they go into a bowl game trying to get that tenth win under McGuire, he might not be there much longer. That's a good point. He's a Texas good, dude. Great point. God, God bless it. What happens if Jimbo gets fired and everybody in the state of Texas is talking about McGuire? Well, I you know I made my asinine take where I said that Sark, if they don't win ten games this year, should be fired. That you know you go and hire Sonny Dykes, they're like, yeah, I'd hire McGuire. I'd absolutely hire McGuire. You know who I heard they were going after? Who? Marcus Freeman. You, you wait. You think that Texas would go after just, Marcus Freeman? Yeah, I thought you're it was just trying to give me shit. Yeah, that's because I don't believe that. Nor do I think that Marcus Marcus Freeman's not a Southern guy. I don't think he would. He's not leaving. Yeah, I don't think Marcus the Ohio Freeman State job. could survive in this heat. It's hot <laughs> that, down that's here. A, that's what you, you know, think. What, what's, the, what's what's the weather like in LA? It is it is, hot, is it hot out there? Right now it is seventy-five. Well, actually, wait, wait. Here, okay, here's the thing, though. It's seventy-five degrees in wait, LA right now. Wait, wait, wait. LA has a really obscure um, climate because I live right by the beach, so I'm. It's it's cooler over here. It doesn't get higher than seventy-five, seventy-eight, and it sticks around like sixty during the even cold in the months. winter. Yeah, and even in the winter, it's like 60. But if you go up in the valley or if you go more east, it's like 110. It's, it is, and it, that's, that's like a 15 mile drive. It's not that, it's bizarre. It's, it sucks. This, this city is terrible. Oh, so I the government's doing some like crazy stuff to keep it that temperature. No, because we're in a desert. That's why. <laughs> no, it's hot down here, bro. What is it right now? It's like poo. What is it? A hundred. Right now, I'm looking at my computer. It says 101. You want to know why dudes in the South are built different? Because for five months, we're running around in 101 degree heat. I mean that that shit will get. I mean, I think that the Utah Florida game is a really, from last year is a really good example of. I don't think Florida can go. I, somebody text a coach texted me this, and you know who it is. Uh, current SEC coach, okay, mm-hmm. and somehow, some way, he was stumbled upon what we talked about with Florida and Utah, and he goes, "If you think that them, and I'm going to paraphrase here, sons of bitches, is <laughs> going to go up in that elevation and be ready for a football game, you're wrong." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay. absolutely not." Yeah, there's. I think that's not talked about, I and I, I didn't used, bring it up last year. He spelled son of bitch, sons of bitches like S-U-N-S-U-N-A, bitches. Sons of bitches. That's awesome. <laughs> that's I mean, fantastic. Show. I mean, yeah. position coach in the SEC. 
loves the show you gotta love it but you know oh what i mean football dudes love love football dudes man that's the way that i look at it real football dudes like the show that's why the show keeps growing yeah one of that same guy that you know we we me and you talked to he uh he said that he walked in on his dad like walked into his parents house because his parents obviously moved with him and uh it's like what what are you doing watching blake's show and he's like Oh, I think they're pretty goddamn entertaining. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So one last thing, I guess, before yeah. we get out of here, we got like two minutes. Um, yep. Told you so. I hope it doesn't happen. The ACC, Stanford, Cal, Notre Tell them what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about the rumor from Brett McMurphy that Notre Dame is pushing the ACC to add – Stanford and Cal, one could only assume that the decision to add those programs sets up Notre Dame to join the ACC and that they're being pursued by the ACC to join. I I really hope it doesn't happen, and it's not for the sake that I don't want Notre Dame to join the ACC. Let's remove that for the fact. But for them to join because of two Northern California teams is stupid. And then to force – and we screamed about it on the last show – to force a whole Eastern Coast Conference that – it is the most Eastern Coast Conference in all of college football. There are not really any Midwest teams at all in that conference. To make that level of travel to happen in every single sport and football is so unbelievably stupid. It works for Notre Dame fine. You know, they play USC. They play Stanford. They travel to the West Coast often because there is a national footprint and a West Coast footprint for Notre not Dame. Not in other sports. And it makes sense for football. It makes sense for them to do that. But to not do this, joining sport. the ACC is dumb. It's it's incredibly dumb. It's not incredibly dumb for Notre Dame to do that. And they can make their own deal, Joe. Join the conference. We'll give you $10 million a year. If you're Just hear me but out. But they won't even give Florida hear State extra money. Why would we once. expect them? Okay. Hear me out because every time I say this Rudy Pooh shit and you think – Oh, Mr. Blake, while you're rubbing your stupid little nipples, Pauls, you're like, oh, it's my God, it's not going to happen to my Notre Dame team. And I say, Joe, it's going to happen. Today, one of the biggest journalists in football history came out breaking. Notre Dame wants the ACC to do this. And I come on here and say, told you so, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. It doesn't matter. I don't want it to happen. I don't want <laughs> this to happen. You're way too entertained by yourself. I don't want this to happen. Hey, hey. For multiple reasons. Hey, don't say that to me. It sucks. It's going to happen. It's the worst part about realignment if this is the final result, that Notre Dame joins a conference with Stanford and Cal and Florida State out the door. They, they- don't care about Stanford and Cal. But when Notre Dame tells them to go and do it, they just want Notre Dame, dog. What that do is you, the only what that, does that the is the Ivy League of the of Catholicism not get about that? That's the one Lord, thing that I will dang hard headed. Oh, I absolutely am. But like that's the one thing that I will concede and agree with you on is that they do have the ACC operating at their bidding. The ACC it's, will do whatever it, they tell them to do. And it's going to continue to happen, Joe. Yeah. It's going to continue to happen. If Notre Dame told the SEC, 
to get on all get on their hands and knees and to suck their toes, they're gonna do it. You 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 mean ACC, right? You finally like you yes, said SEC. The ACC was told by Notre Dame to get on their hands and knees and suck their toes like their name was uh, uh who was the girl messing with Zion? I don't know. I'm not gonna remember that. Okay. <laughs> but I know what you're talking it. about. I know Pooh. <laughs> Pooh, help me out here. Who was it? Um Mariah Mills. <laughs> the ACC is Mariah Mills. That was so cool. Notre Dame is Zion. I have a better example. I think that Notre Dame is the is the really just really pretty girl of the friend group, and the ACC is the desperate friend that will do anything to get a shot at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's just going to keep telling them, do this, do that. Maybe I'll give you a shot. And they're still not going to give them a chance. They're just not going to. The ACC has been friend-zoned by Notre Dame. Okay, whatever. We'll see y'all. Oh, we won't be here Saturday. Monday. We'll be back Monday. It's going to be a fun weekend. Oh, yeah. See y'all Monday, guys. Peace. Peace.